This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. into the OBR Newswire podcast. This is our victory podcast as the Cleveland Browns pull out a victory against the Washington football team 34-20. to uh, Some of you will be listening to this on Monday morning. Some of you are listening it's Sunday evening. Hopefully either way you were able to watch the game or experience the game on radio or uh, follow along with uh, the game in some way that you could enjoy the ups and downs of that game. And so uh, just me today. Uh, we'll follow up the rest of the week with Steven uh, going into Tuesday morning. Uh, we'll have Jake on going into Wednesday morning after he's had a chance to look at the film and really uh, have a good idea of what he has seen and, and all the details, slowing it down, watching it over and over again. Uh, and then Fred going into Thursday morning. Uh, so that'll kind of be our plan uh, is for me to kind of just knock this out uh, solo generally after the game and then go from there with all those awesome fellows. So make sure you're going to the OBR.com um, to get all of the great writing that is happening by all of those fellows. Um, I know Fred's going to be covering all the different angles from after the game uh, as the Browns turn two and one. Uh, Jake's going to look at the run game a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to go from there, right? So we're just going to focus on the win this week um, and then go into uh, get, getting ready for the Dallas week. So for those of you who are not able to watch or just kind of to recap, uh, kind of the game feel, uh, something that is really important to me is not just the end score, but just kind of how do we feel throughout the game? And so pretty simply, uh, this was a game of quarters. So the, the the Washington football team uh, led 7 nothing uh, in the first quarter in what really felt like a kind of a back-and-forth kind of game where uh, two teams were trying to feel themselves out. So uh, Washington scored late in the first quarter, and then the Browns owned the second quarter. So at halftime, it really felt like the Browns had kind of taken control of the game. Uh, so it went from 7 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, to 17-7 Browns at halftime with them scoring uh, late. So it went a Cody Parkey 42-yard field goal. Nick Chubb touchdown run of 16 yards where he kind of moved and danced his way all the way down uh, and then got tackled by Baker Mayfield in the end zone. Uh, and then Baker Mayfield with the touchdown pass to Kareem Hunt where he saw a matchup that he liked. Um, if, if Hunt didn't score there, OBJ was also available just inside. But the matchup uh, between Hunt and the uh, linebacker was just a, a perfect place for that ball to go. So up 17-7, Washington gets the ball to start uh, the second half and and run off two straight touchdowns. And so they had uh, a running touchdown where they just kind of dominated the Browns' defense. Um, 
with nine minutes uh, to go in the third quarter. And then a touch another touchdown pass to Dontrell Inman uh, with two minutes left in the third quarter. So all of a sudden, uh, control totally swung towards Washington uh, up 20 to 17. And then the whole fourth quarter was owned by the Browns, not just the scoreboard, but at some level on both sides of the ball. Uh, where they scored three straight, uh, did not allow Washington to score again. Um, so a touchdown pass to Harrison Bryant where um, Baker scrambled out to the right, extended the play. He wanted Hunt uh, going out to the flat on the left, uh, but came back and got Harrison Bryant for his first career touchdown. Big boy is going to look like he is going to be a problem in the NFL for a long period of time. And then Nick Chubb for 20 yards for a touchdown, and then Cody Parkey sealed uh, and ended the scoring 34-20 uh, to 20, uh, with a Browns victory. And so really when we look at, at the game and we look at what uh, what really happened, it, it was a, an idea of two different um, kind of qualities for the Browns. Um, they had a, a really quality... Uh, hard-nosed run game that that really led the team. Again, not surprising. Uh, what's interesting looking at just the box score is, um, and the the feel was that definitely that Nick Chubb really controlled the game for the Browns. And so his 19 attempts for 108 yards, you know, kind of backs that up. Uh, 5.7 uh, yard per carry average, a longer 25 and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, Carried the ball a lot, gave Nick some rest, so 16 carries, but only 46 yards uh, with a 2.9 average, 11 yard uh, was his long no touchdown. So, um, you know, there's a big discrepancy there in production, but it's important that Hunt is able to come in and carry the ball. Uh, it just seemed like in this case, his a little bit more shifty. He's not as powerful as uh, as Chubb. Um, his it just didn't fit exactly against this Washington defensive line. Um, despite Chase Young going out really uh, early, they lost another defensive lineman. They still have a lot of talent on that defensive line. And the, really for the Browns to be able to churn out 158 yards, uh, 4.3 average, uh, and two touchdowns really um, helped control the game, help give the offense an identity, and help them win. On the uh, And then their, their rush defense – even as their defense continues to struggle overall, their rush defense was still uh, something that we can kind of hang our hat on a little bit. And so first I want to take out, uh, they had a wide receiver, uh, I'm not sure, it's not a reverse, it's a wide receiver end around uh, to Gandy Golden for 22 yards. Not that that doesn't matter. Obviously that stuff matters. Um, they had another one for, to McLaurin for only three yards, but that stuff matters. But when we're talking about the run game, you know, some of those kind of trickerations can sometimes happen. As long as they're not happening on a regular basis, not a big deal. But even with that 22-yard carry, Washington was limited to 22 carries, 103 yards uh, on the day, and they had their one touchdown on the short run by Gibson. So taking that out, the Browns, 21 carries for 81 yards. Um, and really uh, would really significantly, I'm not going to do the 21 carries for 81 yards is, you know, still about a uh, four yard uh, per carry average, which is, which is a little bit more than you want. But again, overall, the Browns rush defense again helped control the game because remember, in the third quarter, by the end of the third quarter, Washington was in control of the game. Washington had a lead. So it's not like the Browns, even though the final score is 34-20, it's not like the, the game was ever significantly out of hand uh, until really, you know, the middle of the third or the fourth quarter, 847 left uh, is when 
uh, Chubb scored his touchdown for the 31-20 lead. Before that, even at 17-7 at the end of the second quarter, the game was still, you know, available for Washington, and the Browns were still able to hold their run game pretty limited. And so that is really what we're celebrating today uh, on Victory Monday. That's that's obviously very, very uh, important uh, for, for the game, that there were some significant positives. And speaking of positives, DoorDash, you've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. They're still counting on you, folks. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, I'm going to say Chipotle wrong every time, but we know we love Chipotle. I just say it weird as I'm reading. Uh, so restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, and many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery too. I know that's how uh, my wife and I like to, to use uh, the app. So just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So we have to Kind of dash. See, I'm trying a little too hard there, folks, but that's because I, you know, I'm happy. It's a, it's a victory pod, right? Victory pod. And so we're going to dash from the good to maybe not so good. And that, that really is talking about the semi horrific, in spite of the turnovers, the semi horrific pass defense. It really looked like Washington decided to dink and dunk and dink and dunk and uh, and do a lot of things uh, early in the game that really um, forced the Browns to kind of put a little bit more pressure, do a few different things. Obviously, Denzel Ward was very limited before coming out for the rest of the game. We'll see on his status. But the pass defense just is very, very frustrating. Now, is it if it's their plan and their idea to um, to start out the game and, and and limit big plays because as Jake Burns has shared on our podcast, it's really important that the Browns offense under Kevin Stefanski is an even or ahead offense. So they don't want to give up big plays early and kind of take them out of the flow and the rhythm of the game that they're trying to have on offense. But after that, some of the adjustments that Washington made were really impressive. You saw a Washington team that really figured out the Browns lack speed, especially on the second and third level of their defense. And so you saw a lot of things where they were spreading the, the defense out. They were doing some things that I'm used to seeing over the years from Browns defense where um, the receivers clear out with long patterns and then uh, the offense brings a running back or a tight end kind of over the middle and there's just a wide open spaces. So just a lot of room for improvement on the on the pass defense. Um, I haven't looked at anything more than the, the broadcast, obviously. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Kevin Johnson played. Uh, I think it was really clear that Terrence Mitchell really struggled with the speed of Terry McLaurin and some other players. But the reality is, is that there were times where, um, you know, they had linebacker, um, they had Smith on Terry McLaurin, which makes, you know, no sense. It happens every once in a while. But it, again, it's about making adjustments. But do the Browns really have um, the players 
to make those adjustments. You know, will teams just look at the lack of speed um, and try to really set up the Browns? Um, because Miles Garrett and the front uh, four, for a lot of the game, didn't have an opportunity to get to the quarterback. There was a lot of quick passes, just a lot of things that were open. But Garrett, obviously, with his strip sack and recovery, um, some of his pressure, which forced at least one, probably two of the interceptions from Dwayne Haskins. Um, obviously, the Browns are going to live and die by that defensive line. Uh, but the pass defense has to get better somehow. Will the return of Greedy Williams help? Uh, despite possibly missing Denzel Ward now, uh, who knows what where what his status is going to be going forward. Um, but you know, if they have Greedy, if they have Denzel, if they have, and then they have Money Mitchell and Kevin Johnson, you know, now we're starting to have some of those athletic abilities um, that they can really do something um, there. But obviously, in the secondary, I have questions now about Ronnie Harrison. Uh, if the Browns have had him for a few weeks. Uh, and he's still not starting, and he's still not seeing significant time. There are some concerns there. The Jaguars were willing to give him away for a fifth-round pick, um, even on a rookie contract with a couple years left. So I think it's important um, to start to see that in the perspective that maybe it is. Uh, Carl Joseph had a big hit, had his interception and fumble, thankfully, to Vier Thomas. Um, or Tavier Thomas was able to recover it. Just a lot of things going on there uh, with the pass defense that, that has me concerned, and we should be concerned. The reality is is not everything is going to get fixed overnight. And so uh, linebacker, safety, Grant Delpit returning next year, all of that stuff will be helpful for the Browns. But we just want to be really honest about the struggles that we saw from the Browns' pass defense today. And then when we look at uh, the Browns' passing offense, we there are reason for concerns, right? So looking at Baker Mayfield's number, 16 of 23, 156 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and he broke his streak of eight games um, where he had an interception, no interceptions. So a lot of there's some good in there, right? 16 of 23, 69.6% completion percentage, nice. Um, only 156 yards, uh, took what the defense gave him. And with that Washington defensive line and all the pressure that they caused, I think Baker really took what was available to him. Um, and then obviously the two touchdowns were nice. Baker extended some plays. He made some terrible plays at times uh, where he, you know, he just dropped his eyes a lot. I think uh, Jake will actually be um, talking about this for our Wednesday podcast because there's just some things about Baker's play that are concerning. But, you know, that first read and rip kind of thing went well. Um, every once in a while, he extending the plays went okay. Um, you know, with the Harrison Bryant touchdown, all of that kind of stuff. But it was an opportune pass, or pass offense, right? Getting those first downs, getting, uh, you know, those big plays, that Kareem Hunt amazing catch. Right, that was that was an opportunity. Um, a couple first downs to Odo Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry, uh, getting Hooper involved early in the game. There were just some opportunistic use of the pass offense, and there are going to be days where the Browns can just use their run game and be opportunistic with their pass game. There will be other games, probably even next week, where the pass game has to be better. But I think we have to be, you know, just to be really honest. Obviously, the defensive takeaways was really helpful, but 34 points, you know, on a game where Baker's only throwing for 156 yards uh, and the run games, quote unquote, only got 158 yards of rushing. 
that's still we've got to celebrate that, right? That means the defense did what they needed to do. They they got some takeaways. Uh, they stopped the run as much as they could, um, and then the offense was good enough. They did enough, and that's really uh, at the NFL level, wins are wins, right? I tweeted that before the game. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Jared K Mueller. That's J A R E D K. M-U-E-L-L-E-R, but obviously make sure you're following the OBR at the OBR on Twitter. Um, but a win is a win. In the NFL, there are so many um, there's so many good teams. There's so many talented teams. Uh, and there are so many teams that can just beat you for with a lot of different things, right? And so Washington has their great offensive line, and they have a great wide receiver. In the NFL, at times, that can be enough, right? And I think that's really the important thing as you think about games is a win is a win. We can evaluate everything and we will evaluate everything this week. Again, with Steven, with Jake, and then with Fred, and then everything on the written part of the site. But, you know, across the league, a win is a win and we have to be, you know, okay with that. We have to be excited for that and look forward to a week of the Browns sitting at two and one with a winning record for the first time in six seasons folks six seasons right and so in six years we haven't had a winning team uh that's crazy that's that's the only word i have for it how are we so dedicated we just are right we're cleveland we're browns fans and so speaking of uh something that's been around for a long time and and done us uh well instead of poorly uh, and that's pepsi and so Thanks to the, the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. That includes yours truly, and that includes most of you listening to this. If you are uh, someone who is possibly in that 1% of 1% of 1%, uh, give me a holler. I can help you out with some of the mental side of the game. Uh, but instead of entering the NFL – They've joined other leagues. We've joined other leagues. The League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for Game Dude, no matter how much you watch. For me, it's about getting ready uh, for to watch what part of the Browns is going to be successful, right? Is that the offense? Is that the run defense? Is that Miles Garrett with some big plays? Whatever it is, that's what I'm looking forward to watching uh, from home. And so uh, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I don't see them drinking Pepsi on the sideline. Then again, Marshawn Lynch used to eat candy on the sideline, so it's very possible. And switching sports, Matthew Della Vadova used to drink coffee at halftime of Cavs games, so it's possible, but I don't see it. But Pepsi is made for those of us who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. So as we uh, kind of wind down for today's Sunday night going into Monday morning podcast, just want to take a look at a couple of things outside of the Browns. Uh, the first is uh, looking at their division. And so uh, Pittsburgh has already moved to 3-0 and on the season. Uh, Baltimore uh, plays against Kansas City, which is obviously an exciting game. Uh, the game can go either way. The result of that game will not decide whether the Baltimore Ravens are good or not. So they could lose. They could even get trounced by Kansas City, and we still know they're great. Uh, the way they played uh, the Browns in Week 1, the way they played Houston in Week 2. Obviously, Pittsburgh just beat Houston as well. And so uh, the Browns are looking at a really tough division where – um, by the end of the night, or by the end of the week, 
Uh, at best, though, will be tied, quote-unquote, for second in the division with the Ravens team who shellacked them in week one. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, we want to be really honest to give them some credit there, right? So the Browns beat them last week, and what ended up being a closer score than the game actually felt like, they played the Chargers really, really close uh, in week one, only to fall late in that game. Uh, and now they tied the Philadelphia Eagles, so they are 0-2-1, but it does say something about uh, the Bengals that they are so competitive. It says something about Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, uh, and what they're trying to do there because they have a terrible offensive line. Hopefully Joe Burrow survives the season at this point. Um, but the AFC North is going to be tough for years and years to come, right? Um, Pittsburgh is hoping that Big Ben can, can last for a few more seasons. Uh, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. And then Cincinnati with Joe Burrow as long as he can stay healthy behind that offensive line. The Browns are looking at a very tough division, which we all kind of expected uh, as the season started. And the other thing I wanted to just mention a little bit is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, if you were on Twitter or just on a general timeline, uh, you saw a lot of concern about their quote-unquote franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. And so uh, someone that the Browns fans, again, we don't have to bring him up all the time, but it is interesting at times, especially watching the Bengals and Eagles play. Wentz was 29 of 47 for only 225 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, there are a lot of concerns about where, uh, what his future and how well he'll play. Tons of injuries, uh, some turnover issues, uh, when he doesn't have the talent around him, he doesn't elevate the talent. And so that's really something that's really, really important. On the other side is is uh, Josh Allen, uh, the Buffalo Bills, someone who I did not think was going to be good. But we have to be really honest that the Bills have done a great job of putting talent around him and creating a system, right? So going into his third season, Buffalo has really focused on a system over his first two seasons that allowed him to develop. He was more of a running quarterback. He was more of a, a, a game manager. Every once in a while took a shot kind of guy and has developed over time, allowing him to be successful. Good defense, good run game, all of those kind of things. And so Buffalo sits at the top of the AFC East at 3-0 and with New England uh, just up behind them. And so I think it's a, it's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the NFL. Uh, and so for the Browns, they're looking ahead, right? So we look ahead to our Dallas week. And so Dallas is playing currently. Uh, so I don't have the results of that game. Um, but uh, what I said on Twitter is Dallas and Cleveland are a lot like the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other in that there is a lot of similarities there with a very good run game, good offensive line, lots of weapons on offense. So a lot of ways to be successful. Uh, two quarterbacks who don't often get the credit maybe that they deserve. Uh, Dak has obviously played better for a longer period of time than Baker. And then a defensive line in Dallas and in Cleveland that are that are full of talent and that are very, very good. Uh, and then nothing else on the defensive side of the ball, right? Dallas's defense struggles mightily, just like Cleveland's. Now, I have to spend more time breaking it down and getting a better feel for how things are going. But I know their defense is not good. Uh, I know what they have on offense. And I know that the Browns and the Cowboys look very, very similar. So as we go into kind of preparing for Dallas, reviewing uh, this win over Washington. It'll be interesting to see how similar those two, these two teams are. And can the Browns' passing offense um, kind of put it in gear if needed? Or can the run, de uh, run offense continue uh, to just kind of control the game? And so that'll be key along with the health of some of those secondary defender people. So 
again, Victory Pod, Sunday night going into Monday morning. Uh, I appreciate all of your, you listening. Remember to subscribe, like, comment, uh, follow us on Twitter, all of those good things. Look forward to having Steven on, uh, then Jake, and then Fred. And finally, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Like I told you guys, if the Browns struggle over the next three games because they got three tough games coming up, you probably want to put some money down later in the season on some futures for the team. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Thank you guys for stopping in. I hope you had a great weekend, a great Victory Sunday going into Victory Monday. Uh, and then it's time to talk about uh, the Cowboys. Uh, but first, again, we'll have Steven on to talk about uh, the game, what he saw, maybe some players he's interested in in the league, uh, maybe some draft stuff. Uh, you know I gave him homework on how to stop Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes. Jake Burns uh, for Wednesday morning talking about film and everything he saw. Uh, Fred talking about everything going on in Berea and everything that he is seeing um, as a guy who's covered the, the team for so long. Thank you again for stopping by. Have a great day. Take care of yourselves. Take care of others. And go Browns.